Hello, and welcome to the Christchurch Fox Chapel podcast, the fastest growing conservative, evangelical, charismatic Anglican podcast in the entire Fox Chapel area. And we're back. Los Yetis is back. Yes. All three of us. Is that, is that correct? I'm not quite sure. Yeah, it just seems weird because it's is one back. band. Los Yetis is back. Yeah, they do yeah. this um, in British yeah. English, like, you know, Liverpool Football Club are doing very well mm. and that kind of thing. And it's just a bit weird. But it, anyway, we, we've digressed. We've been on the air <laughs> for 30 seconds. We've digressed. Uh, we are today beginning a new sermon series on the subject of lies. We had a request. Could, could we talk about the lies of Satan? And it, it's thematic sermon series is series are always harder to, to do, I think, than just going through a book. But um, it, as we started to do this, it really occurred to me, one, this is very explicit spiritual warfare here, trying to expose mm-hmm. the lies of Satan. Uh, and two, it, it's actually very difficult for just a mere human to contend with Satan. It, he's far better at this than we are. And uh, unpicking, delineating, clarifying his lies was really hard. Was we, we were talking, you know, amongst ourselves, trying to come up with some of his lies. It's been difficult to distill them into any coherent form. They're so tangled and so clever. Um, yeah, and they're so intertwined with the culture. They're so intertwined with mm. what our flesh wants. They're like it, the world of flesh and the devil all tend to work together, and it's confusing about who's speaking, who's directing, who's kind of trying to scheme and uh, orient us away from God. I think yeah. also you're dealing with a sophisticated em- enemy. And so um, you can't take an unsophisticated approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I guess it's not surprising, right, <laughs> that they're hard to tease out. Try, trying to fit them into a, a six-week teaching rota was a difficult thing. Yeah. Um, so go ahead. Well, I, mean, I was going to say the other thing is just realizing how many lies our lives are tangled up with. Mm-hmm. Like how much I've been lied to or how much I've believed lies. Yeah, and, and they're surrounded and the, by the lies. The power of the word of God to call that out and to make me face the music a bit. Yeah. Uh, so I think this series is going to be really good. I think it's going to be really hard in a lot of ways because it, it, it forces recognizing that I've been wrong and I've bought into these lies. We don't like that. No. So I would say that today's lie is uh, probably not the biggest lie that Satan tells and it's certainly not the main the main one. Um but, but it's very much a lie for the season. And, and our lie today is we just need to get back to normal. <laughs> uh, uh, and it's, <laughs> you know, I don't know if you went through this, but even I got sucked in a little bit. You know, well, the end of the new year, Big Ben has gone bong, Brexit's happened, and, you know, it's a fresh start and all of this kind of thing. And uh, 2021 currently i think looks worse than 2020 <laughs> so you know in parts yeah but we thought we Oof. we like to think oh new year it's gonna be a fresh start well it's not a fresh start yet and no. um do we just need to get back to normal or or were things difficult two years ago did problems exist three years ago yeah you know was sin in the world four years ago was did death happen five years ago do we really want to go back and, and just live in this perpetual place of like Yes. Constantly clawing for nost- through nostalgia. Nostalgia. Were, um, were, were the good old days that good anyway? And the, the question is, can we go back? Right. Like, or are we just kind of propping up an illusion if we try to just go back to the way things were a right. year ago now? Right. Like, can we go back? Or has this 
changed us? Has this pandemic right. forced us into facing some demons, uh, acknowledging some lies? Is there nothing to learn from the pandemic? <laughs> Does yeah. God have no future for us? Could things not be better? Could we not grow? And does Jesus ever call us back? Mm. Uh, yeah. It, it definitely takes a lot less imagination to uh, be nostalgic than it does to look forward to the future. <laughs> um, it's, it's a lot less energy to just like think, oh, if I can just get back to that place mm. rather than uh, imagining and uh, employing yourself in prayer to think of what, what God might, what new thing God might want to do. Right. Um, that's scary and, and hard, um, for me at least. So one of the things we see, Jesus begins his ministry in the wilderness, and uh, he is really alone uh, with Satan muttering in his ear and um, saying things to him, and he is combating Satan with Scripture. And Scripture is a very useful thing in, in its ability to speak truth over and drown out Satan's lies, to expose them and to drown them out and to replace them with truth. And one of the difficulties I think we faced in this was was just narrowing down. I've never seen a draft teaching rotor look <laughs> a, as messy as the one that, that we yeah. came up with because there were highlights and crosses and question marks all over it. And uh, we could have looked at 10 or 20 passages each week. But to help us look at this lie today, we just need to get back to normal. Is that true? We're going to begin in Ecclesiastes. So uh, those of you at home, you might want a Bible around um, Ecclesiastes right in the middle of the Old Testament. And we won't have the chance to go into the background of everything. But uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 7, it's, uh, it's talking really about, about uh, this contrast between wisdom and folly. And verse 10, I don't know if one of you would, would be kind enough to read just verse 10 for us. Yeah, I can read it. You got it. All right. Say not, why were the former days better than these? For it is not from wisdom that you ask this. So you see, we've been doing this before. This is a, this is a very old book, and this is a very old piece of wisdom. Stop talking about the good old days. But we keep talking about them, don't we? We love to talk about the good old days. It's very powerful cultural, religious, and political force to nostalgia. Mm. Yeah. The good old days. It's really interesting to me that he says explicitly, it's not from wisdom that you're asking this. Like, that is not the heart of wisdom at all to say, let's just get back to the way things were, or let's just, uh, why why were the good old days better than they are now? That's not a wise question. That's not a wise thought. And it strikes me as something that it seems on the surface fairly innocent as mm. something to say. Yeah. But God is actually calling out there's real folly and lies in there that are the opposite of wisdom. That's an interesting thought that a question can be a lie. Mm. It can be like a, you know, it's a question can be unwise to ask. We think of answers as wise or unwise and questions as neutral, but. The qu- that question is unwise, huh? Right, well, why were the former days better than these? The assumption is they must have been. Yes. But really difficult huh. to prove. Yeah. And we, we're very good at forgetting pain. And, uh, you know, I mean, I know we wallow in, in, in misery, but um, 
we, we forget pain. Otherwise, no one in the right mind would try and have another baby. <laughs> yes. Oh, sorry. I mean, that was hey, what <laughs> <laughs> That's too what soon, just Alex. Out. Too soon. <laughs> well, I, I think too about like uh, your grandparents and people in uh, my parents' generation. I think forget the hardships of having young kids. Mm-hmm. They do. And I hear so often, oh, just these days are going to pass by so quickly. Soak up every moment. And I'm just like, I'm drowning. My wife is drowning. And yeah. you just telling me to soak up every moment is, sorry, this is a side rant. No, no, it's I, really helpful. Uh, but yeah. it is something that I think for people forget how difficult it is. And they remember the, they remember the sweet moments. They remember the beautiful mm-hmm. moments yeah. and have blocked out the bad memories. <laughs> we photograph the sweet moments. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We keep those in photographs. Yeah. I, I do think it's kind of, there's kind of a blessing that we don't, like when we look back on our past, we don't remember a, a lot of the pain. It seems right. Like that might be a grace. Well, you know, we There's were just we there. were just talking in our in our kind of sound check beforehand th- about my old house. Well, it turns out my old house was pretty horrible that I grew up in, um, uh-huh. and I didn't know this at the time. But to go back there, and you know, I might I had a good childhood, but I, I drove back down through this, the street a couple of years ago, and I looked at it, and I was like, wow, it doesn't really look that nice around here. Um, you know, I remember sunny days and. The, all this kind of thing, but it, it wasn't a great place. Yeah. And uh, we do have these rose-tinted glasses, and what the rose-tinted glasses do is they prevent us from moving forward and seeing the future, and 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 following Christ and getting excited about what's next. And actually, I would even go so far as to say, it makes us complain and grumble. Well, yeah, and there's there's a comfort in what you know. And there's a comfort in what you know how to live in and live through mm. already because you've been there and you've settled into a routine and a rhythm. And to go into the future unknowing is un- unsettling yeah, and uncomfortable and sometimes fearful. And I, and I think the lie of, of Satan is that you have, to, you have to get all the factors in your life right and in the specific order and in the way that is comfortable Jesus tells us that what we need is him yeah. in order to move forward into an unknown future. And if we have him as a foundation of our soul, then we can go anywhere. We can do anything yeah. uh, without fear, without uh, being unsettled, because the, be- the most important thing is sure and secure. So maybe the parallel lie to this is that the future that God has planned for you is not very good. It's lousy or painful or yeah. um, or just not to be desired. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and in a specific pandemic situation that we're in, and we're saying we just need to get back to normal, there's a little bit of talk there, isn't there? You know, well, when we can, I don't know, have so many people in this room, when we can have this singing, when we can take these masks off, then, then it's going to be really great. But the thing is, we're still going to be sinners. <laughs> and... We, we still experienced the highs and lows of life in, in 2019, didn't we? And some of the lows were very low. Um, but also often it seems that it's when there's a stripping away that actually spiritual growth often comes. Yeah. yeah. I would say I've been more prayerful and more disciplined in my Bible reading in the last 12 months than ever before. And, and it's not because it's been easy you guys know the job of of church work has probably been at least 50% harder than normal in terms of workload and difficulty and about yeah. 
5,000% less productive. <laughs> but I don't know. It's done something to me. Shaken me up a little bit. Yeah. Re, re, re-inspired me. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that I, I feel like a lot of things have been stripped away from us and it does help us realize what is most important. Mm. It doesn't mean it's easy. Not uh, easy. It doesn't mean it's fun. But there is a big light shining on what's really valuable, I think. Yeah. And if you have what's really valuable intact, it does help you endure the difficult times uh, much easier. So it's almost an act of reframing, sort of, or or reorienting yourself, understanding events in light of a different narrative. Uh, kind of... Um, right. The primary narrative is not COVID-19, it's Christ. Yeah, and, and learning to live in gratitude toward him, what he actually is giving you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he himself speaks in, in Luke chapter 9. I don't mind reading. Luke nine fifty seven. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. So three following discussions, people interested in following Jesus. So one, obviously, we don't go back, we go forward. Mm -hmm. But then two, I think Jesus here just says, are you ready? This is a big deal. Christian life actually might mean turning your back on on the old thing, not going back to it, but leaving it. Yeah. On things that are actually quite important, too. Yes, these are not silly things, right? And they're, n- they're not diminishing the importance, but it's exalting the importance of Christ. Yes. Like your family is always important, and Jesus doesn't, uh, doesn't say that the family is not important, but he's saying that following after him is of even greater importance than yeah. that. Yeah. And so this is not a going back to normal. Like if these guys had bought into the lie, maybe they have, if they've bought into the lie, they would retort and they would say to him, but no, we just need to get back to normal. Or I need to be able to follow you on my terms mm. and with pieces of my life in place that I feel like I, I want or need. Yeah. It, I think often it's, it's easy to... I, I fall into this trap of thinking that my discipleship is something that kind of I add on when I get toward the top of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. <laughs> mm. Like I need to deal with my my basic uh, my basic pieces. I need to get you know food, shelter, family, uh, and then I need to get some level of self actualization, and then I can follow Jesus after that. Um, I need to get some level of normal, but then Jesus blows that out of the water here. Right. He really does. It's it's a it's a radical call, isn't it? On on their lives, it's a very radical call. Yeah. And these enormously serious priorities must rank below Christ. And if you're going to be a Christian, then you're going to follow Him. It means you're going to go somewhere. It means things are going to change. Yeah. Yeah. Th- there's never a call to stagnation. 
And, and so these people's lives, if they follow him, will look radically different to their non-followers, neighbors' lives. Mm-hmm. If their neighbors are not following Christ, then those neighbors will be left behind. And if you follow him, a lot of change can happen. Yeah. And I think that when we are putting our hope into the circumstances of life being oriented in a particular way and ordered in a particular way, then we're really practicing a kind of functional atheism. Yes. Even if you say your hope is in Christ, if if you're finding yourself really wanting to just get back to normal and that is the real hope, then you really don't believe in Christ. Right. You believe in your your life and your comfort and so there's a, there's a superficial kind of Christian veneer to what is fundamentally an atheist life. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really really good uh observation to make. I think it's really important. And that is what Satan wants, right? Number yeah. 1, you not to follow Jesus. Okay. Number 2, if need be, just to follow him a long way behind. Mm. And then maybe you'll fall away. Yeah. And there's a fallback and a fallback and a f- every single y- you know lie of Satan has a another lie to follow it and a fallback position and his primary goal is to get you to hate Jesus. Yeah. But there are lots of other things that were nearly as good from his perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, and I think that we, uh, as Christians, we're called to be distinct and set apart from the world. Mm. And when we are complaining in the same ways that the world is and, and having the same hope as our, our neighbors and friends who don't know Jesus, mm. we'd look no different. We're not distinct so what was it about the what was it about 2019 that was so great and so much better than this year? I yeah. mean, there are things, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I could go to a movie. Yeah. I could go out to eat. I'm just trying to think how Liverpool was doing. <laughs> were doing. Didn't have to wear masks. You get to see your family at Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, there were really There's good that. things. They weren't bad things. No. They really yeah. weren't. Um, they were great, actually. But they weren't our hope, or at least they should not have been our hope. That's the thing. Our hope should not have been in the security of normalcy, which is mm-hmm. the phrase, Ben, you came up with when we were drafting this thing. They put their security and their hope in normalcy. Yeah. Uh, so Christ is a disturber of the status quo in this passage. Mm. Yeah. That's a good way to put it because we really like the status quo. Yes. And to know that Jesus will disturb that. Mm-hmm. Like that's how, that's how he operates, is he upends the status quo and <laughs> uh, does not leave us in comfort and settledness and mm. what is the phrase that he uh, comforts the afflicted and afflicts the comfortable? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's it. That's that's how he works. And so if you're gonna follow him as Lord, you gotta you gotta know that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I COVID nineteen could be like a, a sort of defibrillator for the soul. I think it can be if and you it, let it. And it's not nice to be uh, electrocuted. As I've n- I know because I've become an amateur electrician since moving to America. And <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you have a lot less electric than we have in the UK, but it, it still still hurts. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I can imagine. Uh, even if you touch it. I was raised under the Donald W. Hughes School of Electrical Repair, which said that you just have to touch it really, really fast. But I don't think that actually works. Oh, it's like a nettle. You have yeah. to grasp it hard, maybe, and then, <laughs> then you don't get electrocuted. You can't muck around with these things. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, lick it. You'd be faster than electricity. Kids, don't try this at home. You do actually look a bit like the Flash. I think you could be faster than electricity. Oh, really? Uh, I'm, I'm definitely not. Um, yeah, 
yeah. we could we could move to the book of Philippians. Uh, that's yeah. that's an idea. Yeah, it is an, it's an idea. <laughs> I got it. Philippians 3? Yeah, I can't remember exactly what it is. It's Philippians 3, 7 to something. So I could you read it? 11. 11. Oh, well, that's memorable. Can I, uh, yeah. can I get this one? Because I love this passage. But whatever gain I had, I counted it as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. We just need to get back to normal. Mm. Can I read verse 12? Yeah. Because I think it's really good. It really helps. Not, sorry, I don't mean to, can't stop you, but I, it really You can adds read to scripture this. over the lies of Satan if you want. <laughs> uh, he continues on. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. So he says, I, I'm not, uh, I'm straining forward toward yeah. Christ because of what he has already secured in me. Mm. It's better than going back. It's such a radically different image, isn't it? Yeah. And th there's quite strong language in the midst of this uh, about what the old things were and what their value was. Um, I mean, I think it's a very... It's like a, it's a pretty crude image, isn't it? The rubbish word. Yeah. It's been translated variously as all sorts of things. Uh, dog food was one of them. Um, excrement was another one. And excrement from a dog that had eaten dog food that was in fact excrement was another one that <laughs> I read in a commentary. <laughs> so it's really bad stuff. Uh -huh. Yeah. Something yeah. to do with dogs, though. It's, it's not a pleasant image. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that is that is surpassed by the value of Christ. Mm -hmm. mm. And it, it you have that perspective on what you formerly called good things. Mm. Now you call them rubbish and yeah. dog dung. And because you've seen the glory of Christ, because yeah. you know the glory and the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. Yeah. Um, because yeah, of because of what He does for you. Yeah. Right. You know, the righteousness is not your own, and it's not, and it's you're not defined by these amazing things that you've acquired for yourself that make you feel safe. Not at all. And that's why I think uh, I think some people can hear this verse and think, oh, I need to start viewing the things around me as rubbish. And right. Like my nice house, it's it's bad, and my my degrees, it's bad. My job, mm. they're bad. But I don't think that's what no. God has for us. It. It's to make us exalt Christ and to see him as more glorious, more beautiful, more wonderful than anything can compare to. It's like your point before. Burying your dead father is not a bad thing to exactly. do. Exactly. And I, I think that if we're, if we're trying to see the bad things around us, we're missing the point. If we're yeah. trying to see that 2020 was, was not really that bad because we just need to have endurance. Like, No, that's not the point. The that's point is the point that either, Jesus yeah. is good. Yeah. Jesus is better. And, and the life of Christ, to gain Christ, is better 
than and anything we could have that we had had or than anything we can have in the future. Like, Jesus is better. You could set is. your watch by this man. Uh-huh. You, you literally could. They talk about atomic clocks. The Wolpian crescendo will be at 24 minutes and 27 seconds. And it will be. It Every time. always will be. Never fails. I'm here to be reliable and be able to be counted upon. Metronomic. <laughs> it's a marvel to behold. Yes. Well, we're really glad that you would join us. Um, thank you for joining us. This has been a podcast of Christchurch Fox Chapel, and uh, we hope to see you very soon. The uh, house band is back. No more of that Sean Phillips special Christmas music stuff. Thank you for joining us. And we'll see you very soon. God bless. <laughs>